Luke 10, 25 to 37. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell onto the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. Well, this morning things are a little bit different and things have been going relatively smoothly and in order, except we missed a couple of things that I'm just going to jump to right now before we dive into the sermon this morning. And that is a couple of announcements for the St. John's community. Um, we wanted to introduce an intern and they want to introduce a couple of things. The first is... Three church swing bowling. Now, some of you are thinking, oh, that looks like a good sport. And some of you are saying, that's not what swing bowling is at all. And the reason is because I Googled the image swing bowling and found zero pictures on the entire internet of swing bowling. So if you want to come and find out what it's about, you can do that on Friday night. Sign up in the lobby. And the second announcement on behalf of St. John's is that there is going to be a, a retirement celebration honoring Karen, our faithful secretary here, and that's going to be taking place next Sunday during the coffee hour. So I wanted to make you guys aware of that. Well, earlier this week, I was driving around town and I noticed a sign advertising Neighbor's Day on Saturday, June 9th. And I thought, well, isn't this timing wonderful? I mean, here we're on June the 10th. We are having a service where our neighbor congregations here at 22 Willow are getting together. The theme verse for the morning is on being a good neighbor, and we're having people kind of get up here and share stories of how they're being a neighbor. And in here, our entire city apparently was celebrating this yesterday, so that's fantastic. Uh, I went to the website to see what it was all about, and they said that Neighbor's Day is an annual event that connects people and strengthens relationships through neighboring activities and gatherings. And I was thinking that it's a good thing to do this once a year, but the point is not to be a good neighbor once a year, right? It's not like, okay, fine, it's June 9th, I'll be a good neighbor, and then just ignore your neighbors the rest of the year. The point is, like, we're going to celebrate it on this day, and hopefully the reverberations continue. 
Well, for Christians, the call to engage our neighbors is deeply rooted in our faith. And nowhere is the challenge presented more clearly than this, in this morning's passage. An expert in the law tests Jesus with a question about the greatest commandment. And as Jesus always does, he refuses to answer and spins it back on the questioner. Well, what do you think it is? How do you read it? And he responds, well, it's to love the Lord your God, and it's also to love your neighbor as yourself. The Russian author Fyodor Dostoevsky wrote, I never could understand how it's possible to love one's neighbors. In my opinion, it is precisely one's neighbors that one cannot possibly love. You laugh because you understand, right? Neighbors can be tricky, and you don't usually get to pick your neighbors, right? I think this past week, uh, my niece and her husband and my nephew and his wife both bought houses. They both bought homes here in Waterloo, and I'm thinking, like, this is exciting. When you go to buy a house, you, you know, you look at kind of the part of the city that it's in, you go and you look at kind of fixtures they have in the bathrooms and the wallpaper and the flooring and the backyard and, and all of these things. You look at all these little details and then you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on this house and you have no idea who lives beside you. You have no idea. You could have spent all of this money and have this beautiful home and live beside someone who will drive you nuts until you decide to sell your house. It's possible. Maybe I speak from experience, maybe I don't, I'm not sure. Well, whether geographically close to us or not, the people we interact with put our commitment to loving to the test on a regular basis. Now, perhaps our questioner in Luke chapter 10 was even thinking of the Samaritans. That's where Jesus goes in his story, but he might have been thinking that. That might have been why he asked for clarification. Okay, wait a second. I get the whole love your neighbor thing, but when I think about it, these Samaritans, who I can't stand, they're our neighbors. Now, do you actually mean I'm supposed to love them? Maybe that's what was going through his mind and Jesus, being sharp, recognized that and told the story he did. Well, he removes the idea that anyone is excluded from this love command. So what do we do with this story? Well, Eugene Peterson writes that God's word is written, handed down, and translated for us so that we can enter the plot. We hold these Bibles in our hands and read them so that we can listen and respond to these creating and saving words and get in firsthand on the creating and saving. This isn't a story that we read and say, well, wasn't that nice of the Samaritan? And then be a jerk to our neighbor. No. We read the story and we say, maybe I should live this way too. Maybe I should allow these words of Jesus to change the way that I live my life. Who is my neighbor? That's the question. Well, you're a neighbor to everyone around you. That's kind of what Jesus' story says, doesn't it? It's not just who lives beside you or, or who works at a desk beside you, but it's anyone that you happen to run into. It's anyone that you happen to pass by. And if you're a neighbor to everyone around you, then you're responsible for paying attention, for noticing, for refusing to ignore, for responding to needs, and in all things, for representing God well in your neighborhood. We're responsible for going above and beyond, as the Good Samaritan did. Not just calling for help and going about our way. Not just finding shelter, but personally sacrificing. He gave his own oil and wine and silver to provide for the needs of this wounded man. Going beyond what might be expected. Our next door neighbors are from Pakistan. And uh, every once in a while, they cook this, this wonderful dish. It's a chicken biryani. And, and I can smell it. It just bleeds out through the walls of their house and their windows and it just wafts the neighborhood and there's one day I was outside talking to our neighbor and and his wife was was behind him and, and I was chatting with them 
And I said, oh, my goodness. I said, what are you having for dinner? It smells so good. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I know it's a strong smell. I, I said, no, no, no. I said, listen, there's only one thing that I would ask of you. I said, every time you, you make it, you have to give me the recipe of whatever you're cooking. Like, I don't mind smelling it, but I need to know how to make it myself. And she's like, no, 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 wait. And she runs into the house, and she comes out with a plate of the food. And she's like, here, this is better than a recipe. I'm like, you're right, it is. I've already eaten dinner, but I'll eat it again. I don't even care. It's so good. Going above and beyond, like running in the house, grabbing food. I mean, this is what we're called to do. Jesus' conclusion was go and do likewise. He tells a story, but then he looks at the man asking the question and, and anyone else who happened to be listening in and says, go and do likewise. You see, this isn't about knowledge. It's not about knowing what the greatest commandments are, but it's about action. Well, this morning we're going to listen to stories of a few members of our Elevation community. They're going to share some of the ways that they are interacting with their neighbors. Um, and so I'm going to invite uh, you guys to come on. And you can maybe grab some seats in the first couple of rows here so you're ready to come on up. Um, Eli and Carolyn Gingark are going to share about uh, the way that they are connecting with their actual neighbors, their geographical neighbors on their street. Uh, Fannis June Moradstake is going to talk about the way that she's being neighbor to a certain uh, group of young people in our community. Uh, Marsha Lefevre is going to talk about the way that she is a neighbor within the competitive sports world that she lives. And Dave and Katie McFan are going to share about how they are involved in their working with some of our newest neighbors, uh, refugees in our community. But we're going to start with Eli and Carolyn, give you guys a chance to come on up and share a little bit about what's going on in your neighborhood. All right. Hello, everybody. Um, so 12 years ago, we ended up buying our first house on a little one-block street called Honer Avenue in downtown Kitchener. Um, we are incredibly blessed to live in a neighborhood that is vibrant and active and very connected. Um, a lot of other people who feel intentional about building community live there as well. So we got kind of lucky because like Brandon's saying, when we bought the house, we had no idea what the neighbors were like. Um, but we can now say that uh, our neighbors are, are some of our very best friends. When we first moved in, we started meeting our neighbors, and we all decided to do some backyard um, potlucks, barbecues. At this point, the Honer Avenue bar um, uh, barbecue was invented, and soon we started referring to it as the Hobie um, now, a couple times a year, we invite neighbors and friends into our backyard for a campfire and barbecues where we just sit down and enjoy each other's company and the kids run around wild. Um, living in this older neighborhood means there's always work to be done from cutting down fallen trees to major renovations. A few years ago, our neighbors started a major renovation on their kitchen and main floor. Um, we decided that we would have them over once a week for a meal to get away from the chaos of their house. Um, not long after they wrapped up their rental, we started the exact same project and they were quick to keep this going on in their new um, dining room and kitchen. Um, even after the project was done, we kept on doing it for a while and both of the families look on it as fond memories together. Um, so this is, a, it's kind of an old picture, but um, our neighborhood association is very active and puts on lots of great events. Um, we're very active in those neighbor's day type things, uh, but like bike parades and community soccer and potlucks and popsicle parties. Um, we're not usually directly involved in organizing these events ourselves, but we do try to participate and support um, all the events and the organizers as much as we can. 
Uh, one of the highlights of the year is uh, for our neighborhood is the Honer Avenue Porch Party on the last Saturday in May. Uh, we live right on the street and we love that we get to participate in this event by hosting musicians on our front porch uh, and pitching in wherever we can to help make the event a success. Um, the highlight for me anyways, for many of us, is at the end of the afternoon when everyone gathers in the middle of the street for the grand finale, which is often sort of a sing-along of some sort. So a couple of years ago, Eli was able to be part of, the, of a Honer Ave band, which was all made up from people from our street uh, that finished off the night. Um, after one of these ports parties, a friend of mine that was uh, working on it and was very involved with it said, oh, my daughter would really like to just have like a movie night for the kids outside and wrap it up. I said, I think we can make that happen. So afterwards, we pulled our TV out and put it on the French ports, and soon, very much, every kid around gathered around the TV, and we had a great night of watching, watching a movie afterwards. Um, what was great, it became a tradition, and I get to pull my TV out every year now and, and do it. Um, this year afterwards, we had a couple on this, uh, two different people on the street come and join us that I had never met before. So it was a great way to meet them and they came up afterwards and said they just really appreciated people doing stuff and putting on events in the neighborhood. Um, so we're really lucky in the fact that we find it really easy to connect with many of our neighbors. Um, many are at the same stage of life um, this is a picture of Vanjie. These are all little girls that lived on our street, and this is the day they started kindergarten, and we made them matching shirts. Um, <laughs> so the year that Vanjie was born, there was actually seven other baby girls on our little street, um, and it was an awesome chance for us moms for us to spend a lot of time together getting to know each other. Um, but aside from our differences in faith, um, and, and a few other things, we're not really that diverse of a group. Uh, one thing I think we could do a lot better with is connecting with our neighbors who are more visibly different than us. Um, we'd like to get to know our neighbors who are from different socioeconomic circles, um, those with diverse families, uh, or those whose lifestyles we might feel less comfortable with. We're also a fairly... Um, not very racially diverse uh, neighborhood. Um, we love living downtown because we don't feel totally insulated from the harsh realities of life that are for a lot of people that live in our city. However, we do tend to insulate ourselves by focusing our attention on, on our neighbors that are easy to love and live life together with. So this is definitely an area where we would like to um, be more intentional. Uh, but in closing, we love our neighborhood and we love the people that we get to share it with. Thanks. Thank you, guys. It was great. Fannis, I invite you to come on up. Um, I'll let Fannis explain her story, but just so you are aware, we are going to be playing a little bit of a video in the background and you'll be saying, oh, there's no sound. That She's going to talk over the video for the while and then there's a song that's going to kick in at the end. And this was Brandon's idea, if it doesn't work out. <laughs> okay, um, so I'm going to talk um, about the CARE program. Um, 
and this was a group that um, we had um, the privilege of being able to meet right here um, in this space. Um, so I'll just, yeah, I'll say a little bit about the group. Care is a group. Oh, the video will. Okay. So <laughs> Care was a group that started um, to empower black girls. Uh, the acronym CARE means Community Academic Reciprocal Engagement. Um, so the program that is funded through the Women's College Hospital focuses on creating a space to process and express gender and racial identity. In the first year of programming, the group was hosted at uh, Wilfrid Laurier University and uh, the previous winter we had the opportunity to host our sessions here at 22 Willow and at Globe Studios in Kitchener. Um, we had participants from various neighborhoods in Kitchener gather up in the upper room and we held space for dialogue and about issues um, that young black women and girls may not have space to process in other areas of their lives. Um, the girls talked about their experiences in the school system, body image, issues specific to, women, to black women and girls like colorism as it relates to messages of desirability and how society sees them, how they see themselves and the impact of both of these on each other. Uh, we also had participation from various diverse adult allies, including African elders, young adult black women, um, practitioners from the community. Um, they also used diverse art-based modalities like poetry, painting, drumming, dance, and songwriting. And uh, here are some quotes um, of some of the care participants. So uh, Funke Oba, who was the the woman who, an elder who kind of developed the whole idea, said that the skills that CARE hopes to develop in the young girls include confidence building, public speaking, ability to facilitate groups or dialogue, ability to self-advocate, to express their own voices in the community and be heard, and feel that they deserve to be heard. Um, so participant Susanna from Kitchener said that it's a safe space to talk about the racial problems that we have in North America and to talk about where people came from and enjoy the traditions of people. Uh, participant Winnie from Kitchener shares that they really encourage us to be proud of where we are from and not to change for what other people think. And Miracle from Waterloo says that my favorite moments are painting. Uh, Winnie shared that I really enjoyed like the dance sessions because dancing with them really you know, brought me back the spirit of what we had back home. And for me, facilitating the sessions and getting to host many of them at 22 Willow was not just an important way of connecting with neighbors, but um, as with other opportunities that where we hold space here for people, it's actually an important way for me to personally experience the church and Yeshua in ways that are engaging of like my whole self. And uh, so these are the opportunities that, uh, yeah, we just found really nourishing as a member of the church community medium to express feelings, emotions about blackness, about their school experiences. Mm -hmm. A gentle breeze, a howling wind, came and knocked me off of my feet. I'm lying down, struggling. I can't, I won't, I won't, I can't get up. And then I had strong, mighty and brave. Reached down, I shot my say. Gave me the ground to lay my feet. I can, I will, I will, I can get up. See, the trouble is not in the getting up and staying up. After you've been knocked down and letting the bottom become familiar ground. For you, for you, for you. See, the trouble is not in the getting up and staying up. After you've been knocked down and letting the bottom become familiar ground. For you, for you. Yeah. 
so yeah, we hope to resume work with Care Girls next winter. In the meantime, um, we hope to be connecting with more young people and community members at the gardens um, through Young City Growers program this summer. Um, we offer opportunities for engagement and employment in urban agriculture uh, right here in Waterloo in the city. And uh, we're currently registering for new members for our CSA program as well as volunteers. Um, so feel free to reach out. And we'll also have opportunities of just, um, since it's nice and it's outside, doing more of these kind of circles where anybody's invited and we kind of hope to like explore faith and spirituality too at, uh, with diverse people at the garden. So um, my information is available through like Brandon and other people in the community. Thank you. Thank you, Fanis. I especially appreciated how you threw me under the bus before the whole video thing started. That was great. I appreciate that. It's wonderful. But it was okay. It worked out all right. <laughs> that was good. Okay, uh, Marsha, I think you're coming up next. Is that what I said? And you're going to talk about a world that I occasionally tell stories from, but I thought maybe someone else should tell a story from this world just to prove that I'm not lying. Hello, everybody. My name is Marsha Lefevre, and um, I have no PowerPoint. Nobody told me I had to do a PowerPoint. So I don't know if Kay's, oh, you, oh good, I'm glad. <laughs> I think actually Brandon maybe didn't trust that I would have one, that I would be prepared enough to, to have a PowerPoint ready. <laughs> My first question to him was, do I have to be on time? He didn't tell me it was a 10.30 service, so I'm here, I'm on time. <laughs> um, some of you know my husband, Mark, and I. We've been coming to Elevation since our second son was born, and he'll be 17 in a couple of months. So we've been around a while. And uh, at that time, our oldest was just over a year and a half. And um, then we had two more. So those of you who think that you're, you know, giving to the growth of Elevation, we started it. We started the, the growth by ch having children. <laughs> we were among the first. Uh, what I didn't realize then was how many relationships would come into my life and how many friendships would be formed because of my boys. And um, it's actually amazing. I remember the first time that, that I went to the school when my oldest was in kindergarten and someone was yelling at me, Dante's mom, Dante's mom. And all of a sudden I stopped. I'm like, oh, that's me. They weren't calling my name. They didn't know me. They only knew my kid. So those of you who are just starting out on this journey of having children, the friendships that you are going to form because of that are amazing. Um, and of course, one of the other ways that I make friends are through sports, which is what Brandon wanted me to talk about. So my life is a little bit crazy right now. Not as crazy as Brandon's because he has three kids in competitive sports, but I just have one. My other boys play other things and do other things, but uh, I am cheering alongside other parents at the baseball diamond. We yell. Yeah, believe it, we yell. And uh, we complain about bad calls the odd time. And we um, sometimes get into some actually deep conversations, meaningful conversations. It really made me laugh this season when I heard some chatter among the parents. They, I, I overheard it. It was about the new coach, Jude's dad. He's a pastor, yes, of a church. And I'm like, oh, should I tell them I'm his sister-in-law? <laughs> so the word is out there. We, um, our youngest, my youngest son, Trenton, and Brandon Melissa's youngest son, Jude, they play together. So I know the same parents that know that 
Brandon is a pastor. So these lead to different conversations, of course, with people. Um, they are together again on the same team, but they're with a whole new group of boys, which means it's a whole new group of parents. And some of them are, are, um, have become good friends because when you're with people all the time, you can either choose to you know, talk to them or you can choose not to talk to them. Um, competitive ball also means that we're not just showing up at a game and leaving. We are traveling. It means travel and it means staying in hotels. It means going out to eat with people who you might not normally pick to go out to eat with. You might not have picked these people as friends and all of a sudden you're at a restaurant together. And honestly, this is what makes it great. For all of you introverts out there, you're thinking, this sounds like my worst nightmare, being forced to talk to people that I don't even really like. But, um, but it, it is actually pretty great. Speaking as somebody who other people claim is an extrovert, I, um, I believe that talking to others and allowing circumstances to really push us out of our comfort zones and make us socialize with people who are different than us can actually really help us grow into who God wants us to be. A prayer that I have always prayed with my kids at bedtime is that, God, please help us to take the time to talk to others, and please help us to always choose kindness. Um, it's a prayer I pray for my own life, because truly, I don't always feel like talking. Yes, it really is true. For those of you who've sat at a discussion table with me, sometimes I don't feel like talking. Sometimes I just think it'd be easier to take my lawn chair at the game and sit away from everybody else and not talk to anybody. And maybe it'd be more peaceful. Maybe they'd hear me yelling all by myself and I wouldn't be able to blame the person next to me. I don't know. Um, but I believe that making the choice to be social and to talk with other parents and interact with others helps us build stronger relationships. And it, it helps us with, with others and, and loving our neighbor the way that God intended. Um, I believe that God has allowed me to talk with people about important things going on in their lives, like raising kids, especially that one, marriage problems, faith questions, definitely this season, the whole what is church like, because, you know, <laughs> the coach is a pastor, so what is your church like? And uh, people have different ideas in their head. So it really leads to, leads to those conversations. Now, I don't always want to do that or do that. I mean, I don't always make myself present. The last two weekends we were at tournaments and I went to the hotel in between games and had a nap. I'm like, I'm tired. <laughs> I have a busy life. But it is important, I believe, to take the time. So I feel like my prayer for my own life and the prayer I have for my boys would be the prayer for our church and that we would take the time and even make the time to engage with those around us. Thank you, Marcia. Case in point, none of my family is here this morning. They're in three different cities at three different tournaments. Katie, I'm going to invite you to come on up and share a little bit about your experience with some of our city's newest neighbors. Uh, and yeah, I don't have any PowerPoint slides either. I wish I did uh, have some photos, but you'll just have to kind of imagine. Um, so uh, our journey started because of a strong sense of wanting to do something meaningful to be a good global neighbor. Um, 
we saw a humanitarian crisis going on at the time and we wanted to be part of the process of opening doors of shelter and refuge to people who needed to come. Um, and uh, we, so um, Curtis and Laura Vandergrant invited us to join them in this group and we said yes. Uh, so did Dan and Teresa Vandebelt who are part of our church community as well, as well as Curtis' parents and two other wonderful families who are part of the wider community who are neighbors of um, Curtis and Laura. And <clears throat> we came together around a quote that said, um, you've probably seen it on, um, on, on the internet, but it really struck a chord with us. Um, when you have more than you need, build a longer table, not a higher fence. And so last summer on July 22nd, a group of us were waiting at the airport and the rest of our group was connected virtually because of wonders of technology. We did have like a live stream for a short period of time um, because they wanted to be a part of it. It felt a little weird, but we also really wanted them to be included. So um, we were waiting the arrival of a family that at that point we knew only as names on a piece of paper. Um, when they got, came through the doors, we saw, I'm getting emotional just talking about it. I was hoping I wouldn't cry, but that was probably unrealistic. Um, <clears throat> sorry. So we saw their faces for the first time. We offered them the food that we'd researched um, as being familiar to them. We took them to our cars for the first time and hoped that they wouldn't be sort of overwhelmed by the fact that we had so many vehicles. Um, and we slowly began to ask questions, answer questions, and really begin our journey of knowing them as faces and names, people, and neighbors of our global community. So um, now Fatima, Ambia, Halima, and Ali have become neighbors of our city and our country. Um, we've learned about their beliefs, food, social norms, their likes and dislikes, what they'll eat and what they won't eat. Um, we've learned some of what frustrates them and what makes them happy. We've learned about learning and growth, how quickly and slowly it can happen. Uh, at times we overestimated what they were ready for and at times we completely underestimated how much they were capable of. We've laughed, we've cried, we've been disappointed, we've been surprised. Um, we've been late many, many times. <laughs> Overall, um, we've witnessed the sheer resilience and strength of a family and been so deeply impressed and proud of all that they have faced, survived and overcome. And it's been, you know, something that I, I never really could have imagined what it would actually be like. Um, so we've become better neighbors with those in our church community and in our sponsorship group as people came together in very real and vulnerable situations. And many people here have helped us out um, in those times, even people who were not part of our, our core group, but who, you know, came when there was a need and, um, and really you really get to know people, you really become better neighbors when you're in those real situations. Um, and we've, I believe, become true neighbors to our sponsor family because we lowered the boundaries around our lives and our families and let others in who were truly different than us. And um, what Marcia said really st struck a chord with me about that. And we, we chose this situation because we knew that we needed to push ourselves to do that. Um, and at the beginning, I don't think, and I think, um, Dave would agree with me and, and probably all the members of our sponsorship group would agree that we didn't really know all of what it would mean. Um, and I'm glad that we didn't because God has used this situation to push us and cause us to grow in ways that we probably might have shied away from. 
um, because it's, it's been hard, but it's also been so rewarding. Um, and we've had to grow in really good, hard ways that we wouldn't otherwise have had the opportunity to do. So it's definitely been um, a reciprocal relationship as we have helped them with many practical things, um, you know, just settling into life in Canada. Um, we have grown and changed and, and been transformed as well. So I'm just very thankful for that opportunity um, and that they chose um, to let us into their lives as well because they could have kept their boundaries up. I mean, maybe accepted the help that they absolutely needed, but they've gone well beyond that too, really allowed us into their lives, into their space, people that they, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't have a lot in common with otherwise. And, um, and I'm, I'm just really thankful for that opportunity and for them allowing us into their lives as well. So if you have questions about the process and the journey, we'd be happy to talk about it, as I'm sure Curtis and Laura and Dan and Teresa would be as well. Um, and I'll leave it there for now. Thank you, Katie, and thanks to everyone for sharing stories. And the reality is those are just four stories. There are a lot of different stories in our Elevation community, in our St. John's community, and people outside of our churches doing amazing things. But it's important for us to be able to share our stories and encourage one another. The commands to love God and love others, well, they get to the heart of what it means for us to be human, what it means to be alive and to live in an eternal way. At the end of this story... Jesus said, do this, and you will live. How do I get eternal life? What kind of things do I need to know? You need to live this way. The things we know about the Christian faith must find expression in our lives. And that's our encouragement this morning. I'd like to invite Fred to come on up and lead us in the ceremony of communion. As we share, uh, prepare ourselves to share communion this morning, um, I'll make a few announcements and we're going to sing a hymn, um, which is number 708. I knew the title of it a minute ago, but it's gone. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus, teach us how to love. So anyway, that's the hymn, 708. We'll sing that in a minute as we prepare for communion. Um, well, as we share communion this morning, we'll invite you to come uh, up the, uh, the central aisle here. Uh, Brandon and I will meet you here to offer you the bread. And then we invite you to go to one side uh, or, or the other. And at both sides, there will be a communion server from St. John's who will have um, the common cup, which contains wine. And then there will be, of course, the individual glasses, which have grape juice and you may uh, receive whichever one you wish, and we ask you to consume the elements as you receive them here at the front. Um, and there will be uh, someone also going amongst the congregation if, you, if it's not easy for you to come forward and you would prefer to stay in your pew for the communion, just put your hand up and, and there are two servers who will be looking for you. The Tradition of Eucharistic prayer is a very, very old one in the church. And its purpose is, much as Eugene Peterson said that they, uh, Brandon mentioned earlier, is for us to recall all that God has done for us 
but to consider ourselves part of that great long story, to invite God into the story of neighborliness as we are living it today, and to pray for God's Holy Spirit to empower our continued growth in that story. It invites us into the story of all that God has ever done and is doing now and ever will do. Oh, uh, sorry. While we're receiving communion, there will be other hymn numbers that will go up on the screen, and they are in the red, what we call the Cranberry Hymnal uh, that's there. So right now, 708 as we put ourselves together for communion. I invite you to stand with me as we pray, and there are uh, places for you to respond, and they are in, will appear in bold print on the screen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. Indeed, we give you thanks and praise, O God. For in the beginning you created the heavens and the earth, the seas, forests, plains, every landscape, hosting communities of creatures. Among them you created us and placed us in their midst, calling us to be stewards of all that you have made. Through Adam and Eve you created human family. Through Abraham, Sarah, and their descendants you created a people to serve you. And always there have been peoples, neighbors, to whom the people you call your own have been called to witness to your love. Egypt cared for your people in time of need 
And when your people became enslaved, you delivered them. You gave them your law, reminding your people of their days of slavery and commanded them to treat the stranger and foreigner with friendship and respect. In the fullness of time, you sent your son, Jesus, who befriended the foreigner and outcast, who embraced the untouchable and the disrespected, who healed the leper, the hemorrhaging, the mentally ill, the addicted, who saw great faith in those of other traditions, faiths, and nationalities, and who on the night of his last supper called us friends. We remember that on the night, a fearful community planned to arrest and betray and try him. Jesus gathered with his friends, took bread, blessed it and broke it, saying, Eat of this, all of you. This bread is my very self given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took a cup, blessed it and gave it to them, saying, Drink of this, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this always for the remembrance of me. Remembering his life of love lived among us, his sharing in our sufferings and death, his resurrection, which we too will share, and his promise to come again, we raise our voices in a joyful plea. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and on the gifts of grain and fruit of the vine we have gathered here. As you unite us, as you unite us who share these gifts, we ask that you would also open our eyes and hearts to your Spirit present in all our neighbors so that your justice, peace, and love may unite all the world. Longing for the coming of your reign among us, we pray, amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Now with your servants of all times and places, with the earth and all its creatures, with sun and moon and stars, we praise you, O God, blessed and holy Trinity, now and forever. Amen. Now we pray as Jesus taught us. You may know the Lord's Prayer in a number of different versions or languages. And I invite you to pray it the way that is closest to your heart. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us in the times of trial and deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is a feast of neighbors and friends, gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated as we prepare.
Please come, all are welcome.
Would you stand with me again? May this bread of life and cup of salvation strengthen you and keep you in grace. Amen. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for the strength that comes through this bread of life and cup of salvation. We ask that through what we have received today, you would pour into us the gift of your Holy Spirit, that our hearts might be open to be neighbor of all, and that through the friends we make, people might come to know that you consider all of us dear friends. Amen. I'd invite you uh, to be seated for a moment. I think we have an announcement or two to make, and um, Graham will tell us what to do next. So we got a picnic today, if you didn't know. Um, so basically, once we head out right from here, it's fair game. Uh, people can just start uh, jumping into line to get food. We're going to have three buffet lines to go down on either side of. One of those lines will have all of the vegetarian and gluten-free options. There should be a sign. I will get on the microphone outside and let you know soon which one that is. Um, but there's a bunch of other things going on as well. We've got a pie auction that is just inside that you'll see on your way out through the foyer. That is to raise money for our VBS program. So get yourself a pie. The pie auction, um, we're going to call that at 1 o'clock. I'll give a couple warning announcements for when that's happening. There's a bake sale that is uh, not an auction. Items have been priced, and that's kind of the dessert option, and that is as well going to be um, fundraising for our VBS program coming up in July. There's a bunch of candy guessing jars as well. It is free reign on who submits a guess for those. Uh, we also have a playground. Um, so behind the, the second building called the Coach House, there is a playground typically used um, by St. John's Nursery, and that is open to us today. So if kids want to be on that playground, that is an option, as well as there's a lots of other kids' activities happening throughout the day. I'm sure I'll have some other things to say on the microphone outside, so please just listen to those as well as you're listening to me right now. Uh, I'm going to give uh, thanks for our food, and then we can head on out and enjoy some time together. Uh, God, thank you so much for uh, a great day, uh, beautiful weather, and thank you so much for all the people here this morning, God. I just thank you um, for all the food that uh, has been prepared in people's homes this morning, has been prepared in the kitchen here, and uh, along the way, um, God, we just ask that you would bless those who have prepared this meal in whatever stage of preparation that was. I just pray that our time of fellowship together would be a good one, and that we would have good conversation that honors you. And all God's children said... Let's have a picnic.